Knit British is delighted to be sponsored by The Queen of Pearls. The Queen of Pearls is an independent yarn shop in Glasgow selling natural wool for knitting and crochet and fibre for spinning and felting. Zoe stocks an awesome range of British wool and blends including Wooly Knit, Jimson of Shetland and her own hand-dyed yarns. Listen in later in the show when Zoe gives me a tour of the shop and you can visit Zoe at the Queen of Pearls at 91 Salt Market, Glasgow or click on the logo in the show notes to visit the online shop. Hello and welcome in to episode 86 of the Knit British podcast. 86? We are getting closer to 100, aren't we? I have no idea what we're going to do for 100 episodes. Answers on a postcard, please. Um, I'm back a little bit early this week because myself and the lovely fella will be off on holiday uh, on our usual broadcast day. I'm also recording ahead of schedule on Friday. This is actually Friday. So I can't even tell you about the Indiebury craft crawl because it's happening tomorrow. But suffice it to say, if I saw you at the craft crawl, it was lovely to see you. It was an awesome day. <laughs> um, I'll perhaps come back to that uh, on the next episode because I am going to be meeting a couple of people at the Indiebury craft crawl Uh that we will be meeting a little bit later uh, in the summer. So I'll come back to that. But uh, yes, recording before the Indie Buddy Yarn Crawl. Um, so, uh, but going out after it. So it sounds like I'm kind of glossing over the Indie Buddy Craft Crawl. But I, uh, I'm a big supporter of it. Jess does a wonderful job, uh, Ginger Twist Studio, in, in organising this uh, every year. So I just know that this year will be no different. It will be awesome. But if I saw you there in the future, in the past, <laughs> um, it was lovely to see you. <laughs> How are you all doing anyway? Get that silliness out of the way. How are you all doing? Is anyone heading to Woolfest at the weekend? I'm not sure if I am. We will be on holiday nearby, so it's feasibly close. Um, but we'll just see. Because I always seem to find... You know, we've arranged holidays around wool events and the lovely fella gets dragged to these quite often and, you know, these things kind of co coincide with us time rather than me and wool time. So it's a bit of a shame. I know I would be bored shitless if I had to go to some thing that he loved that I didn't. So even if I had knitting. So I'm not sure. I would like to. It just depends on what we're doing um, and other plans and things so we'll just see but it's looking great the the vendor um stall list went up the other day the vendor list has been out for a few weeks obviously but uh, uh yeah they just put the the layout on the website so it's looking awesome and it would be really nice to go um just to you know i don't have any shopping list in mind so I don't need any wool <laughs> but it would certainly be lovely to go and see some some uh, woolly friends um, including Hawkshaw Sheep Sue Horn who I reviewed her fantastic Shetland Arden last week she's going to be launching her wool range there and of course Uist Wool Hazel and Dana are going to be there 
and I'm obviously yet to bring you the, the stuff that I recorded in the US that's coming next month but it'd be lovely to see them again and you know I haven't knit with all the wool that I bought from them in May but it would be nice to squish some yarn <laughs> used wool of course exhibiting there for the first time so I hope if you are going to Woolfest you go and visit them um, and see the incredible stuff that they're doing with local wool. Someone else who I would be uh, happy to go and say hello to is Kate Macon of Northern Yarn and if you would be so good as to grab a whip and grab a cuppa we're going to talk about her yarn right now. Kate, as I said, has a company called Northern Yarn and she started her business in 2015 when her local yarn shop closed down and she really wanted to source local wool that had a sense of place and the business really took off from there and as well as selling British wool, she also commissions um, some rather spectacular local wool and Kate sent me some of her yarn to try out and so I thought that it would be a really good idea to see if some of our woolly muckers fancied trying out a swatch test and so I emailed them, some of them got back to me um, and of course you know um, sent out little swatch size balls but I was very cruel you see because I didn't tell them what it was. <laughs> I told them that it was for ply and obviously they knew it was British, but that was it. Um, and I didn't tell them anything until after they'd swatched. So it was an absolutely blind swatch test for these guys. It was Alison Main and Maylin Scott and Susan Hobkirk, who you will meet next month because she is our woolly mucker for July, uh, who took up the challenge with this particular yarn. I can tell you now, and they know now, that it is Northern Yarns Pole Dorset Lambswool for ply. And this particular fleece, the wool, comes from flocks in Lancaster. And Pole Dorsets are lovely. I've spoken about this breed on the podcast before. They're lovely, densely woolly sheep. Uh, mainly they're, you know, they're white or cream. They're, um, they've got a good crimp, lovely, lovely, as I say, dense, springy wool. According to the Fleece and Fibre source book, you can both uh, woolen and worsted spin this yarn for different effects. And it's said to take dye very well, and very well it does, because in addition to sending me a skein of the undyed, she sent me a wee skein of some dyed yarn by Angela Gardner. And oh my gosh, those are such well-saturated colours. And if you look at the show notes at knitbritish.net, you will see what I mean, because they are incredible. So I sent some of the undyed to the muckers, as I said, and I swatched with the coloured myself. And uh, as far as my swatching goes, I decided to knit um, just a, a pair of cuffs, really, because as I talk about on this podcast quite a lot, I like to test my yarn on the inside of my forearm. I just think that's a good indicator of 
the kind of feel against your skin. It's not so much about grabbing the yarn with your palm, but it's how it feels against your skin. So, you know, those places are, are kind of different. But I decided to knit the, this two little cuffs and one of them I washed and blocked and the other one has remained unblocked and I wanted to kind of get a feel for the how the, the wool changes. And let me tell you, this wool really does change. Uh, on the initial hand squish grab, uh, this wool has got a, a dry texture. It's got a dry handle, nice and crepey. It's got the, that elasticity in it. And knitting with it, I knit it in the round. I used 3.5mm needles. The yarn felt very different through my fingers as it did um, squishing the yarn. And as I always say, we should never believe what the hand squish grab of, of a ball of yarn tells us because it can be so different working it through our fingers as it can be feeling that fabric on our skin. Um, so we should never be swayed by that initial grab. And as I say, this yarn um, had lots of stories to tell. In the warmth of my hands uh, and knitting, knitting on my the bamboo needles, the, the yarn was really quick to knit. And as I say, it felt significantly different it had kept the crepiness it kept that that feel of of airy elasticity but also it softened up quite a lot when I knitted with it too um so I ended up with these two little cuffs and as I say I washed and blocked one and my goodness what a bloom on that washed block swatch and you might be able to see that in the picture that I've got on the show notes um for for this episode that the texture of the cuff on the left is is a, is a bit different to to the one on the right, but I'll talk a little bit more about my wear test in a moment. But this is what our woolly muckers had to say. Alison, who was our woolly mucker back in April, said this four ply was crisp, a crisp texture to work with initially, but softened in the hands and bloomed beautifully after blocking and tick 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 I agree with all of that I thought the feel of the fabric might match more additional knitting such as colour work or something more structured so I noodled about with the swatch with some easy lace and ribbing it has held the texture so well and I think it would suit hard working heritage colour work garments especially super warm fibres so bonnets of all type would be great in this yarn and I would tend to agree with that as well. Um, again, I'll come back to my my wearing of it. Uh, Susan, who is who um, you'll meet next time, she is our going to be our woolly mucker uh, for July. She said, "When I first handled it, I thought it was quite crisp and crunchy. I reckon it's a four ply Shetland. Remember, they didn't know." what the wool was uh, very like Jimison and Smith or something similar Susan knitted it on 3.25 millimeter needles and got a tension of 25 stitches to 32 rows uh, to 10 centimeter square after blocking it barely changed in size although I could have easily blocked it more aggressively and made it a bit bigger and I agree with that as well I think it will I think it's got uh, bigger blocking um, qualities um, before washing and blocking, I thought that it was a little bit on the, quotes scratchy side. <coughs> Susan, we don't use scratchy. 
hear that now British we don't we don't use that word <laughs> but afterwards it was deliciously soft and generally lovely I wore it on my shoulder under my bra strap again a really good place to test um for the prickle factor and how yarn is going to feel against your skin because it's a slightly more sensitive area and she says that it had no itch or scratch whatsoever. I could have easily worn it next to bare, uh, next to my bare arms. Um, there was not even a, prick, a hint of a prickle. She also says, quite helpfully, I found this quite a sticky yarn, so it would be perfect for sticking. And I'm quite sure that it wouldn't unravel. So that's a fantastic um, tip there as well, isn't it? And then Mei Lin, she was our mucker last time and very well received on the show she was too. Um, thank you for the feedback from the last episode and our interview with Mei Lin. She says, initial squish uh, has a soft Christmas, Christmas? <laughs> has a soft crispness with just the slightest of halos and a really lovely creamy white with just the odd stray black fibre. I cast on with four millimetre needles and knit a swatch of medallion cable and then washed and blocked it. It has a decent stitch definition and the garter is crisp. After wearing it next to my skin for eight hours, the surprise was the lack of prickle factor. I truly never noticed it was there. It does keep its wrinkles though, so it did need a bit of pulling and smoothing out to make it straight again. Knitted up, it developed a slightly felted look. Not unpleasant, but I think it would give garments the look of a well-loved and well-worn comfy item of clothing. I've put it through a vigorous rubbing and crumpling test and it shows no sign of pilling at all, which is fabulous. I think this would be a lovely yarn to use for jumpers, mittens, hats, shawls and socks. A very good neutral to have in stash too. Now my little cuffs, I've got them on just now. Uh, I should really try and take a picture just so you c again you can see the difference of how the washed one has bloomed. Um, I wore these uh, at work on Sunday. Um, I wore them sort of. There's got there's got quite a lot of stretch to this yarn, so I wore them sort of just beneath my elbow, under my cardi, and like the three ladies, I totally forgot they were there. Not only the washed and blocked swatch which has bloomed and softened but also the unblocked swatch which has that slightly crisper handle um, and I was really quite interested um, that that with that definitely got a distinct lack of prickle on that just that cast off one and I forgot so much that I was wearing it that <laughs> it kind of um, slipped down uh, my arm and I push I'm always pushing my sleeves up um, and my uh, my uh, colleague went oh what's that this like you know flashes of purple and turquoise and pink pe peeping out at my at my um, <laughs> at my arms um, and they went oh and I went well actually I'm reviewing some yarn and they were quite interested in that um, but I have to say that I am in agreement with with um, all three of our reviewers. And isn't this a nice way to review yarn, to get these different blind, unbiased... Uh, not that I'm ever biased. You always get a, a, a real honest review from me here at Knit British. But isn't it lovely to get these blind reviews and, and hear some other people talking about the same yarn? I particularly agree with what Maylin said about the knitted fabric having a kind of a heritage 
heritagey look, having a kind of a worn look. I haven't washed and blocked my swatch again. I'd like to wash it and block it and wear it again, but you know, wearing it over my sorry, wearing my cardigan over it, I would have expected there to be rubbing um, and, and perhaps a bit of pilling. There's definitely been friction, especially with me pushing my sleeves up all the time. And there's there's not there's not a, a bit of pilling. And that that I would say on the washed swatch, that little halo is a bit more enhanced. And I do think the more it's washed and blocked and worn, it's going to be even even nicer and even nicer yarn and you know I, I work with wool a lot and I, I try different breeds a lot and different kinds of blends and it is a constant delight and surprise and it's a constant learning curve to see how different wools will react and change and how they change over time and you know I will keep on beating you about the head with it that the only real way to know how a yarn is going to be in your knitted item is to swatch with it, but not just swatch with it. Give it a road test, wear it next to your skin, wash it again. Do that a couple of times. Because if we want to spend all that time knitting something really special, we're going to want to know that the yarn is up to the job. And, you know, this Poldorset at Lambswool from those flocks in Lancaster from Northern Yarn that's going to make some pretty awesome items, I have to say. I loved that both uh, Malin and um, Alison had tried doing some, you know, a bit of texture. Um, and the medallion cable looks incredible, really incredible. Um, as does the garter, as does ribbing, uh, um, as they say. Structure stitches are lovely and crisp in this yarn. And I did stock in it, as did Susan, and I'm just so chuffed with how that fabric um, has come out again as I say it's blossomed and bloomed and it's got that beautiful halo on it and because it's got that lovely elasticity and that lovely kind of crepiness I think you could do something like Hitofudi cardigan or maybe um, like Vera Valmaki or Hohi Locatelli's really lightweight tunicky tops would be great in this I'm thinking like the pavement, Vera Valmaki's pavement would be nice, I reckon, in this with that, um, you know, lots of stockinette, but that um, lovely dipped hem or like, like a tea, something like Megan Fernandez's water lily would be awesome. So you get the benefit of knitting lace in this awesome yarn. So really, I think this would, you know, make beautiful um, sweater yarn and uh, as well as accessories and things it's, it really is a great all-round yarn but I'd love to see that wonderful crepey drapey um, warmth in in a, a, a top even like um, there's a tea uh, oh I think it was in not this nitty but the nitty before maybe you know spring summer there's a t-shirt top um, with lace by Stephanie Schuster. I think it's, is it Leica? That would be amazing. That's got a beautiful triangular mesh lace yoke and then some um, stockinette and a, you know, eyelet detail on the back, like the centre of a shawl. Now that would be incredible in this Paul Dorset lambswool. 
it's it's been an absolute uh, joy to test this yarn in this way. I should give you the details of the yarn first off, so you know what where to get it. It's four ply, obviously. You get 370 meters in a hundred gram skein. It costs 11 pounds for the natural and 16 pounds for the. It's the Colours Dyed by Angela Gardner and they are just wonderful. Uh, again, just fantastically bright and really, really cheery. I, um, these places, I should say, are right at the time of recording. They may change. That hand squish grab, well, it has a dry handle and it's got crepe and it's got spring. But the feel of the wash block swatch is softly bloomed to a heathery textured fabric Um as I've said, best suited to everything, um, but it's got great stitch definition. I think it would be wonderful in a lightweight sweater or tee. It will block very well. Um, another great pattern, actually, for this yarn would be the Antarctic Shawl by Janina Calio, um, which has got a lot of lace in it and a lot of garter. That would be fantastic in this yarn. Um, you can visit the website. It's www.northernyarn.co.uk for yarn. There are also kits too, incredible kits. Um, and you can also visit Kate on the Northern Yarn stall at Woolfest this weekend. And they will be on stall I190F. Um, and please do make a beeline just so you can squish this yourself and you know if they've got anything knitted up in the yarn feel the ball and feel the whatever they've got knitted up just so you can see that difference and and kind of get a, a, a feel for what we're talking about here. Thank you Kate so much for not only sending some of this wonderful local British wool of which you should be rightly proud but also you gave us a great opportunity to play with the wool for me and the muckers and for me to be able to tease them uh, with this blind review. Watch out next month for another blind review um, of a yarn that I actually bought at Edinburgh Yarn Festival just for this very um, occasion of, of blind testing. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. I know the muckers enjoyed that. Um, I will continue to be cruel and not tell them uh, which yarns they're, they're, uh, or breeds or, or wool that they're swatching with. As I said at the start of the show, the lovely Zoe Armstrong, the Queen of Pearls, is sponsoring this episode of the podcast and um, she had just finished putting the finishing touches to her website, thequeenofpearls.com, on the day that I visited her. There is a great range of yarn and fibre um, in the shop uh, online and also in the bricks and mortar shop at 91 Salt Market in Glasgow and you're about to hear all about it because I did take my I've, I mean I visited Zoe a couple of times um, over the last three years since she's been open but I've never brought my microphone with me so um, this was a good opportunity to do just that and get a wee tour from her as well 
If you've ever visited the Queen of Pearls or met Zoe at Edinburgh Yarn Festival or Indieburgh Craft Crawl, you'll know that she's just such a lovely, warm person and she has the most joyful laugh ever. I could listen to her laugh all day. It's just the best. It's such a joy. Um, you join us in this conversation um, while we're talking about Edinburgh Yarn Festival 2017 and how we've just about gotten over it. And that was about eight weeks after the event. <laughs> Um, and Zoe was telling me that she was at the first Edinburgh Yarn Festival in 2013 as uh, under a different name as Fibre Forager. And that was a good place to start talking about Zoe's background and her wish to open a yarn shop and that journey. Did you know then that you were going to be opening a shop? Yeah, he must have done. Yeah. Yeah, because it took me probably took me about five years from thinking like this is what I really want to do to actually like opening going for it doors yeah yeah so how did it start then what, what did you do before that can I ask you that well I was in Canada working with my friend who was a jeweler so I did various jobs in Canada but that was the last one and I came back over and was kind of looking for a job but there was just nothing I think it was maybe kind of end of well end of recession time back then (laughs) finding a job was pretty horrendous but the job centre you know I went in and mentioned to him I was like but what I really really want to do is like open a yarn shop (laughs) because the yarn shops in Canada are amazing and like when I first went over there when I was still in uni was just like wow there's like nothing like this like back home it's all your little mm-hmm. acrylic shops and everything and it was like John Lewis and yeah. I, I'm not really I'm not a fan of Rowan or like no. Debbie Bliss to be honest <laughs> so found it totally uninspiring yeah. <laughs> so just like in Canada it was like oh my god and like <laughs> so many little independent shops as well like they're really into their indie side of things like yeah. their independent things in in Canada Especially where I was in Kensington Market, which is all just little independent places, and it's this is the lifestyle I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live here forever. Where like, <laughs> so what did they say to you, the job centre when you said I want to open a yard? Well, the woman was actually really, really supportive, and I think I lucked out in that one because I've known people since that tried to do the same course as me, and they've been really reluctant. Ico, Ico, so they help people that want to do like creative businesses, right? A business plan, which was great, because I'd been to the Business Gateway and they were useless. You go in and they do all these big speeches and you get really pumped up and you're like, yeah, if you do this, this is great, thanks for your help. Then you get home and you're like, but actually, I still have no idea what goes into a business yeah. plan. Aiko Aiko like, sat me down and we're like, here's examples. I'm a visual person anyway, so I'm like, ah, now I see what I'm doing here. So they took me through like every step of it which was great, and applied for some funding, but I didn't get any, and I wasn't hopeful because it was more like, I guess, social projects the funding was for, so it would be more maybe a kind of charitable cause, you know. So then I just kind of was in limbo for a bit with it, but then I just started, like, dying things. Things! (laughs) (laughs) I just started dying things. And then I showing pictures of them to people online and they were like, oh, I really like that. Can you do that for me? I'm like, yeah. So I think I went to my first wool fest with like a bag of stuff to sell. And then 
I just started going to like the guild shows, like asking, like, do you have a space? Yeah. <laughs> Can I come? And obviously just to kind of test the waters and yeah. be like, do the wider audience want to buy like what I do? Which they did. I was always really successful at the guild shows and they're still my favourite shows. So then I did like that on the internet and everything and I'm like, but I still really want the shop. So I went back and don't know how many business plans I've written at this point. <laughs> but I upgraded it and then I was kind of like looking at shops as well. And I just lucked out because one of the guys from riding at that time was like, oh, do you know about the new business fund? I'm like, no. It's a fund, like if you're going into retail, that Glasgow City Council will help like with your rent for four years. That's amazing. So it's like tiered. That's incredible. Um, yeah, so I applied for it and you have to go into like a first round and then you go for like an interview and then like they decide whether you want the, the funding. So I was awarded it, <laughs> which is really good. So I got that and I got this place and this place was like taken and gone and taken and gone like a few times before I actually got Put it. Hands on it. Yeah, and then I think there was another couple of people putting in at the same time as me, as me and I was like, oh no. Um, but then in the end I got this unit as well. So, wow, so. That's so that's when the first time I came here, I just loved how it's just so bright and so light. Yeah, that's it's what such great space. I really liked about the the space as well because there's other units that are obviously just sitting empty. Yeah. On the street, but none of them had the same sort of just nice like the size of the space. Yeah. Like how it's proportioned and everything, Perfect. like the light getting in. So yeah, it all panned out in the end, which was nice, and it was me and my dad did it up because it was just a kind of bit of a mess. It had been a gallery but it was like brown. The outside was brown, Ooh. the inside was dirty white. <laughs> so like the partition wall we had to put up and there was just loads of little bits. I think like the first day we were in my dad spent the entire day up in the wee loft space cleaning plaster out of the water tank before we could get any running water. He was an electronic engineer as well, so he went round checking all the electricity safe because that didn't seem to be something that was part of getting the lease. Because we were like, but these plugs are hanging off the wall. <laughs> they were like, yeah, that's totally fine. The first week was like making it just kind of usable, a usable space to be in. Good Lord. So that was three, three years, three years ago. ago. Probably three years ago you were yeah. doing all that. Yeah, so it was, got it right in the day because I got the keys on the 17th and then my friend Shannon, who I probably just started knitting before I went back to Canada the second time and um, she worked in the same place as me. So anyway, she was like, I need to be there for the opening and this is when I'm coming. Oh, so you had <laughs> so, yeah. timeline and we probably could have done with a week extra it was just like the stress it was quite funny because everyone was turning up to the opening night like unpacking stuff into the shelves for me. <laughs> that's, that's the yeah. kind of customers you want <laughs> you <don't laughs> and then the computer broke as well so i couldn't have like prices for half the things everyone's like how much is this and i'm like i'm really sorry i just don't know because I obviously can. obviously <laughs> the computer's broken <laughs> why wouldn't it be So what are you doing for your birthday? I know this is going to go out after the birthday. We're just having a party, I think. Another party. <laughs> because we like to party here. 
parting out creative girls. It's yeah. the party yard. Job. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we usually just have like drinks and stuff to eat, nice. and everyone brings their knitting along with them. Lovely. And you're doing events as well um, at yes. other uh, yarn festivals and things. Yes. So Queen of the Pearls what have the we road? got coming up? There's Yarningham, which I'm excited about. Yes. What now? Where is that? The, this is the first. No, the second, second one, year. I think. Yes. So Sarah, one of the organisers, came into my shop last summer and asked me about it. I was keeping an eye on Instagram for like the post and everything, but the Instagram algorithm. Yeah. Like I should really look this up, and I'm like, no, I've missed the deadline. No. <laughs> so I yelled her. I'm like, don't suppose you have any tables left? And she's like, we might, but you'll need to give me a couple of weeks. So yeah, it worked out. Awesome. And I'm going. <laughs> That's good. So when's that? July. Fifteenth and sixteenth of July at Stitchley Bass. Brilliant. And then. We've obviously got our charity thing, which will be happening again in November, which is fun. So we usually work with The Big Issue, which is just a couple of doors down. Yeah. And people are very generous and donate items knitted for... hats, gloves, scarves. One lady donated a cake to hand out to Aww. all the homeless people last year. <laughs> she was really sweet. She phoned up. She's like, do you think they'd want a cake? I'm like, yeah, of course <laughs> they want a cake. Who doesn't want a cake? <laughs> I took it in and like... I think they go in the morning yeah. to get like their magazines and everything and they were all just like yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> so that was well appreciated oh. and what about other future Queen of Pearls things so you've got a new website the new website finally <laughs> <laughs> making lovely <laughs> that's been in the pipeline for a while mm. so it's not fully there yet still need to get the books and needles and felting things yeah. up but it's mostly there, the bare bones and the yarn and the felting kits and the workshops. Yeah. There. <laughs> what about workshops? Workshops. So we've got Ange from Wavebone doing beginners weaving and beginner spinning on a wheel. Yay. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And there's only four spaces, so you're going to be getting some good one-on-one attention. awesome. Ange, who's a brilliant teacher. She's excellent. And then later in the year so usually my classes run through the summer but just because of the way things are this year <laughs> they're going to be later in the year so in november we're going to have Rennie callahan <laughs> that coming is up. awesome <laughs> so she's got a great class selection i haven't picked the classes yet Ooh, but <laughs> watch this space yeah that's awesome yeah very yes. exciting that's really exciting yeah. and then i will be knocking out a few <laughs> <laughs> so socks i need to do a sock class so people that are asking about sock classes yes yeah. i will be doing a sock class and then like the needle felting yeah as well <laughs> that's a packed schedule yeah <laughs> and then zoe takes us on a tour of the shop and there's such a lot of lovely textures and color here and also there's an importance for zoe on stocking yarns that have a story either they're british or they're from elsewhere but yarns which have provenance and a clear background the alifos loppy and the plotiloppy were first on our tour then it's on to some yarns with more British flavour, either made from British wool, British blends, uh, and or British companies. Okay, you so, lead the way. 
We've got the Aulafoss Robbie, which is one of my faves. That is amazing. And also up here, because I haven't oh. put it back yet. The Ploto Robbie. So yeah. I've had like a huge run of this recently for the Meg Swanson's Icelandic tunic, which oh. is Icelandic overblouse, which is the updated version of Elizabeth Zimmerman's. Yes. <laughs> oh, that would have been a popular one. Um, I wear mine at the shop quite a lot, so people are a bit like, what is that? <laughs> the like, colour is pure magnificence. Yeah. <laughs> it's what it is. Yes. Um, so we've got the Ramsdale, the Wendy, Wendy Ramsdale, which is always popular. Yeah, good, such good colours. Yeah. Wendy Merino for the baby knitters. Oh yeah, <laughs> always need the, the baby wool. Exactly. Our big wall of Air Valley. So good! It's so, <laughs> so good. good! Just love it. It's the so good to knit with. Well, stick it in the washing machine. Yep. And then the Fusions. Wow. Which is great. They're gorgeous. Yeah. They're really That's nice. a popular one as well. I bet. Which is why that it's always purple one is lovely. comes in and goes out. <laughs> <laughs> the Wendy Traditional Aran is another fabulous one. And it's a British And again, girl. it's very popular, which mm -hmm. is why it's always a bit empty looking. Can't keep this <laughs> <laughs> in stock sometimes. And then what is this? Oh, this is my hand dyed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now you didn't, were you doing hand dyed when you first, hand dyed yarn when you first opened? No. No. It came a bit. Later. Well, I was doing the ha hand dyed before I started, mm -hmm. but then just with opening and everything, I was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> so I took a step back for a while and then I got back into it, which was nice. So I've just been testing, you Gorgeous. know, what people like and everything. And what are, where what do you sells. find people, so people this go for? Blue Face Lester. I'm a fan of Blue Face Lester. Mm -hmm. I know some people get a bit bored of it, but. I think it is wonderful. Considering, <laughs> considering, you know, I, do, I know, I do hear people say that they get, get bored of it, but considering yeah. Merino was the thing that everybody got bored yeah. of, and then the face lasted came along. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's hard wearing, it's yeah. soft, it takes colour beautifully. Yeah. What more could you want? Exactly. <laughs> These colours are really lovely. Yeah. Really kind so of earthy and, uh, oh, gorgeous. The four ply, the double knit. And then I think in the autumn I'm going to introduce an iron weight, so all the same base. Ooh, nice. nice, that's good. Yeah. That is lovely. And sadly, the North Ronaldsea, which is no more, is a base that I can buy in, so there's You're one lone skein left, and I'm so sad. You can't get it's that anymore. My yeah, my supplier has, I don't know, maybe it's just that they don't can't get the fleece anymore, but it's the last lone skein. That, that is so sad. And it was really good, it sold so well yeah it's got tooth but once you wash yeah. it and block it and oh, it's blocks, incredible amazingly. it blocks so well oh i'm so sad that you can't get that anymore i wonder I that's a sad one there's a plea now for someone on the nip i podcast. know if you've got north royalty, i'm looking for <laughs> a north royalty lace weight heavy lace weight thank you very much about 550 meters <laughs> that would be great well, yeah that would be i will buy that yeah, from get you in touch. <laughs> yeah, good. Don't be you. You never know. You never exactly. know. <laughs> and then so we've got Willy Knit DK Classics Color Splash. Nice. Which is a variegated double knit. Very nice. <laughs> and then their Blue Face Lester double knit, which is good. It's a popular one as well. Yeah. With the nice muted palette. Yes. I think attracts people I think, a lot to it. I think that I yeah. think people do like as much as we go for our brights, there mm -hmm. there is still the, the muted and the slightly dark pastel 
Yes, the they're grade. a kind of muddied pastel, yeah. which is nice. But that's lovely for kids' stuff, that. Yes, people buy that for face last um, baby things mm-hmm. quite a lot. People don't mind having to hand wash. And then some... Yeah, we've got a sneaky opal three-ply. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to the West like Yorkshire like Spinners of Wensleydale gems, which are just so gorgeous and oh, must be squished. Yeah, How's that been going? That's good. Because they've had the plain one for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just takes, look at how saturated it is. I like the palette because yeah. the colours are really clear. Yeah. The ruby mm. and the granite together. Yes. And the moonstone, which there's one That's long lovely. one left of. So nice. And then we've got the really nice countryside <laughs> tweed, which is a nice marled yeah. yarn. And then a four ply merino mm-hmm. from Willy Knit, which is really nice. They get all their merino from yeah. a farm in Spain family farm in Spain how nice which is nice I like that's how that trace I like that <laughs> I like yeah. that's good that's always been important to me yeah as a consumer in general so and there's so many places that don't give you that information don't want to give you that information it's yeah just exactly 100% British wool or 100% wool what is it where does it come from they probably don't know I've emailed a few companies and they've just like well how are we supposed to know I mean it just all gets muddled up in a big table and we buy it <laughs> I'm like don't you want to know no. yeah I'd want to know I want to know <laughs> this has been very popular oh this is lovely Woolen at Arim that's it's, so soft yes that's so soft <laughs> they do an amazing colour range because I find with Arim's it's quite you know your typical Arim very countryside yes. colours but these uh, the Woolen oh, so do fun. a nice bright palette then there's the wonderful one oh, of Jameson's. Lovely, lovely Jameson's. <laughs> so Heather, which is our I bit. love that. I made a Hetty. I love the colours that they that they do. Do you have all the weights as well? Double knit. I've got the double knit. I've got the ultra. I've got spindrift and then Heather. So yeah. I don't have the cobweb and I don't have their. I think it's the marl. If I remember correctly, the chunkier one. Oh yeah. I I know. Um, I think they offer a lot in terms of the yeah. weights and the colours. You, you just, just can't, can't go wrong. I think it's my favourite yarn. Yeah. Bar none. Yeah. We do delve into a long talk here about Jimson's of Shetland colours, which I'll spare you, uh, because next we get on to the other half of the show. Let's talk about this fibre. The fibre. So we've got core wool, got some wool nets, got some silk noil for Mm. some effects. I've never spun with, special with nets or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I've not spun with them. I use them more for the felting mm. side of things. Some superwash merino and nylon, which is mm. great for dyeing. And oh, yeah. Sock spinning. Shetland, of course. A couple of Shetlands as well. Different not colours. Shetland. No. Quarrydale. And do you know, is the British breeds like from Britain or are they? They are. So the British breeds I have at the moment are the Shetland, Blueface, there's Grey Suffolk. That looks gorgeous. I like yeah. that. Manx, the tent, have a feel of that. Like, this is lovely. <laughs> oh, that is like, that is so yeah. nice. And I bet that dye is gorgeous yeah. as well. This is a new one, I've not tried it or. Oh. oh you have to have a smell. <laughs> oh my god, that's lovely. Yeah. That is lush. That's a new one. And then the Jacob. Obviously. Yeah. And then not from Britain, there's the Icelandic Tux. Mm, lovely. Some different colours as well you've got. A couple yes. of different colours. And the Corydale. That's that that's a lovely mm-hmm. stuff, that Corydale. Really nice. 
Yeah, I do like. A bit I of kind of prefer it over merino almost. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very airy and bouncy, mm-hmm. yet almost kind of solid yeah. at the same time. <laughs> Dense. <laughs> <laughs> and even some lovely camo. Yeah, camo. God, that's. It's like touching gauzy. kittens. Gauzy. It is. It's incredible. It's just a small kitten and the baby alpaca. And then some whole and then rainbow. A rainbow of merino. So it's all non mulesed merino. That's that's awesome so information. South America or South Africa that they get yeah. their non mules flocks from. Which is good to know. That's really company good. company that knows where their stuff comes from. Again, and, and, and you, you know, you want to be, most of us want to be responsible when it comes to buying and try and think yeah. about where it's come from and things like that. And mm-hmm. non cruelty. Exactly. It's, it's good. Oh, the colours are amazing. Yes. It could be a horrible day outside, you can just look at your rainbow. I know. Merino. <laughs> Quite often get people that come in, they're like, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have a bit of every colour you have. And I'm like, <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> After looking at some incredible wound paper products made by Zoe's sister, her company is called Looking for Grasshoppers. She's got lovely necklaces and stitch markers and kilt pins, and unfortunately I failed to record that well. All you hear is me going, oh, what is this and I don't really explain it well so (laughs) that was a bit of a recording fail but you can find looking for grasshoppers products in the queen of pearls shop and you can also find looking for grasshoppers on facebook uh then we moved on to another yarn which has a great sense of place yes the tuku lovely tuku gorgeous and it's been really popular isn't it yes so this is now from but it was originally the wife of Alexi, who does the Sukaplocky um, accessories. Mm-hmm. She founded the company because she wanted a 100% finish wool. Then it was bought over and they've like added more to the palette and everything like yeah. that. Um, so Gorgeous, um, heavy yarn, isn't it? So I, yeah, I went with the, they've got their grey, the grey base that they've yeah. dyed. But they still got all the original colours, I think. These for a yeah, change. Yeah, gorgeous. That orange. Rusty, yeah, rusty orange, orange is, is gorgeous. Lovely. It almost feels when I knit with it, it's like it's glossy. Yeah. It's like it glides and then it's needles got, really nicely. Yeah, it's kind of, it's got an almost Shetland bounce to it. Yes. But it's got that, yeah, it is. it does have a kind of a... It's got a kind of nice smoothness. weight to yeah. it once it's all knit up as well. It's quite nice to see how popular that's been. And that, yeah. again, it's a really good story of somebody wanting to do something with exactly. local wool yeah. you know or, or that's you know original to them and getting yeah. everybody excited about that that's really good it's nice as small businesses kind of working together yeah to grow i like that instead of just going to like you know a wholesaler who represents so many people yeah so yeah it's good that knowing if i have a question i'm just going direct to that person yeah <laughs> that no. makes it and they can tell me yarn with character yarn with provenance yarn with a sense of place and fibre galore what could be nicer and also visiting Zoe in all, with all of that and her fantastic personality and great warm laugh it, it, it was lovely but all too soon I had to leave this woolly haven so if people want to find you where can they find you online? it is thequeenofpearls all one word dot com and Easy. you're on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, then? yep. So I think if you just stick the Queen of Pearls into 
Google, it magically finds me for you. Wonderful. <laughs> so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The Facebook and Instagram are probably what I'm most yeah. seen on. And if and if you happen to be in Glasgow? It's 91 Salt Market. Um, but if you go into the website, there's a wee tab called Visiting. So if you click in that or hover above it, whatever, you'll get a how do I get here section. So That's there's literally good. Google Map links, how to walk here from the train stations, bus stops for local people, underground car from motorway junctions coming from north, south, east and west. And there's also what else can you do in the area. So if you're making a day, you can check out. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Zoe is an awesome host. And if you do get the chance to visit, you must. You really must. For a long time, Glasgow really didn't have and really deserved an indie yarny scene. And Zoe is definitely a big part of that. Thanks so much to Zoe for having me and giving me a tour of the shop and making me laugh. And Zoe is so lovely and generous that she is giving away a skein of her hand dye to you or one of you lovely listeners. Uh, it's her birthday colourway. Uh, it's a self-striping sock called Sunset in Candyland. You can see pictures of just how awesome this yarn is on the show notes at knitbritish.net. It's 100% British BFL, as she was describing her, her range earlier. And if you go on over to the Knit British Ravelry group, you can enter to win. Thank you so much, Zoe, for that fantastic prize. That is about it for this episode. I am on holiday now. Um, <laughs> have fun at Woolfest if you go. I will have fun for sure if I go. Um, and if I see you there, you do stick your hand out and say hello. Um, next month, I will have my interview with Uist Wool. You might remember back in May, um, I went to visit Uist Wool and there's been a lot of editing. Um, but... I will have at least one episode, if not two episodes from Uist uh, next month. And also we'll meet our next Willie Mucker, who is Susan Hobkirk. And there'll be much more, much, much more. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take very good care. Bye for now. So this is now from the Titty Thai. That's going to be the outtake at the end of that episode. How do you say that? I don't know.